0: Hello, Kate. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Jay. <laughs> Hello.
0: <laughs> How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing, you know, what? I am doing good. It's funny because it's, uh, I realize you keep saying like, I'll see you tonight. And I'm like, yeah, except for it's yeah. going to be day for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: time change. I actually, yeah. the. Uh, I lived on the Pacific uh, time at one point in time for a year. Yeah. It took quite a while to get used to. And then by the time I got used to it, I moved back, uh, back here to Eastern Standard Time. And yeah. I had to get used to it all over again.
1: Yeah, there's there's there is a it a time I don't do well with time changes at all. I really don't like I, even going to Chicago, it's just a 2 hour time difference for me to go visit my family in Chicago. And I'm just like this is crazy. Why is it so why is it so early or why is it you know like so late? It's just yeah.
0: Yeah, it's definitely weird, but then you think about Australia living in the future and uh and really? then living even further in the past than you uh so <laughs> at least you're somewhere in the middle and you're not on one end or the other Totally.
1: yeah i did a show i did a show with a guy in new zealand yesterday i'm like what day is it or i was like what what and he was like it's tuesday at 4 p.m in the afternoon i'm like oh how does tuesday go for us <laughs> yeah yeah it's like Tuesday's pretty good it's gonna be pretty good <laughs> that's great That's
0: great. uh well the name of the show is from birth to schmodown so kate mulligan where were you born
1: I was born in Payless Hills, Illinois, um, a suburb of, uh, Chicago, Southern suburb of Chicago. Um, so and then, yeah. And then, uh, and then grew up, um, nearby that in uh, in the Western suburbs of Downers Grove, Illinois. So I lived there my whole, uh, 18 years before I went off to school.
0: <laughs> and, uh, I'll just ask now because it is Chicago. Yeah. Uh, so, uh would it be the White Sox or the Cubbies?
1: Sure, 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 sure. Would be the White Sox. That's what I assume. You know, South South suburbs is where my my mom and my dad are from. I'm from the Western suburbs, so it could really go either way. But the Sox, it is like we are a White Sox family, and yeah, I, I, I. I my parents are like, oh, we'll be happy for the Cubs if they win the World Series. I'm like, well, then you're terrible White Sox fans because I'm not. I'm rooting against the Cubs every time they've gone to the World Series. I was glad of their curse.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, did, you, did you go to games when you were a kid?
1: It's so funny. We would go to White Sox games. Um, uh, but I didn't, it wasn't until I was in my 20s and I was dating my now husband that I got I made it out to Wrigley Field and I do understand the allure of Wrigley F- I understand why that is so fun it's a it's a great ballpark and we ended up going to Murphy's Bleachers which is like right across the street and it just it's a part it was like us and then everybody who'd been kicked out of the game <laughs> it kind of like was in Murphy's Bleachers so it was just like a real mob scene um, but yeah it was it's it that's definitely that you don't have that atmosphere at a White Sox game per se It's a little dodgier
0: there special. I've been there a couple of times. I've been lucky and I caught games uh, where the Cubbies were playing the Reds, which is my favorite team. I'm from Ohio. So
1: yes. Donati.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And one of them was with my dad and brother, which was great. I, you know, it's always baseball is one of those where it's, it's a, it's great feeling uh, to go with family, especially like a father, son, father, daughter, grandfather. So.
1: Yes, yep. absolutely. Is, is baseball? It looks like, from the looks of it, you've got a Griffey jersey behind you. Um, now, is that Griffey or Griffey Junior? There's no, I don't see a Junior there. That would be
0: Griffey Junior.
1: Okay, so that he just didn't. He was like, "Don't put the Junior on the jersey, guys."
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm
1: pretty you, like- sure
0: Junior. Um, that actually, it was a friend of mine's, um, and he lived with the. He had moved in with me for a little bit, and then moved in with an with a girl. Oh. Uh, a lot of his stuff behind, um, and and after his passing, uh, I oh, uh, sorry. went sorry, and kept that and hung it up behind there. Uh, we went to a lot of baseball games. today. I was going to say,
1: is baseball your sport?
0: Yeah, that's the one I like. That's one I like the most. Yeah, uh, and we'll get to the schmodown down yeah. here a little yeah. bit, but I that's the one that I compare, uh, the schmodown down to is you know when when you talk about it being a sport, I always my go to is baseball because I understand it more than. Than I do some of the other ones, so
1: yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm um, sorry Harry about your friend.
0: Uh, uh, restaurants in Chicago, also. What um, Harry Carey's restaurants. Oh, is- yes,
1: ah, yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs>
0: One of the best burgers I've ever had in my life. I mean, grease dripping on my nice shirt.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what, we also, there was um, a Mike dick mike Dicka, i think is i believe has been canceled <laughs> but he had a restaurant too by um where i used to live when i lived in the city um Dicka's bar and grill i want to say it was called or something but that was like it was like harry carrie's dick and i swear to god michael jordan had a restaurant too
0: i swear he did, yeah, he, did he did i can't remember the name. i don't
1: know if it's still a thing but
0: 23 I, that might be stupid and and that's why i'm because his number was 23 and they should
1: call it 23 i want to say it was like mike well i don't know we'll have to that's neither here nor there i guess this is what i told you you you're gonna get too it's gonna be too long because i talk too much <laughs> oh,
0: that's there there's no such thing as too long with you kate um i'm gonna I was- look it up
1: no i'll look it up while you <laughs> ask the next question jay i'm gonna look up michael jordan okay
0: uh well I was just going to ask you know what what is your first memory as a child like that very first thing that you can remember
1: It's a great question. I feel like I um I I I have like a very very vivid memory of being 6. I don't have I have like a, a memory of being in preschool and um we, there was a rice bin in my um in the preschool classroom, like a sensory thing. And I remember I used to love the way the rice, I would like, I remember like, like, I like to put my hands in the rice. And I also remember like filling up, a. they have, we had like empty milk cartons that you could put that you could sort of scoop the rice in. And then when you tipped it over, it kind of went, goog gook. It's, I don't, and I don't know, I still don't know what the phenomenon the phenomenon of that sort of like the air, like, dur, dur, but I have like that distinct memory. And then I don't really have like, There's just like sense memories that are not like, oh, there was that time we went. It was not until I was six. And then at that point, I just I remember being on the Jersey Shore with my um, dad's extended family and sort of like loving it there and making my sort of making my first joke that I remember people laughing at. And I remember like where I was staying. I remember that. But like. Other than that, I remember like pushing, and I, I don't know how old I was. I remember walking in the grocery store with my mother, and like when she wasn't looking, like sticking my finger into the ground meat because I liked the way it felt, like just like, yep, just like poking. So it's really just sense memory up until six. And then at six, it's like that's when I started to have memories.
0: Do you remember what that joke was? That yeah. first
1: oh oh my god, absolutely! And Jay, it is like truly, it's become such a um, anecdote for like what my life became and who I became. But also, it might have just been like a, a, a good moment of me connecting some some dots and making a, a joke. But like, it's I've made it into this much bigger thing. I can't tell you how many times I've told the story. My so we were on we were um on the jersey shore as i said and my my father's extended family like his cousins i we'd never met them until then and they were a very different breed of like other than like my dad's sisters and like my mom's family it was like a very fun hearty like alcoholic but like fun alcoholics <laughs> like they're just like they just it was a totally different energy And also my uncle or my dad's cousin, who I call my uncle, um, had just that year been a horrible explosion Mm -hmm. and he lost his leg and his finger. So it was his first year back at the at the Jersey Shore and he had his his leg, um, his brand new leg that he was given. He had like a swimming leg and he could take it off. And but he was in a lot of pain. But he was the funniest man I'd ever met. He would take his fake finger Um, And it was basically, it was his fourth finger that was blown off. So he wanted to have a fake finger to to be able to wear his ring, his wedding ring. But he would like put it in a box and like wrap the box and give it to you for Christmas. And you'd like open the box and find his, I mean, he was just like such a funny guy. He is such a funny guy. And I remember like, just like loving that vibe of like, this guy's got this whole, like even at six, I was like, this guy is so amazing. Like what a fun dude. And like, he doesn't have a leg and that's new. For him. And like they had a son, they had a one year old who had a severe cleft palate that had been, had already at that point gone through nine surgery. I mean, wh- I think that stuff I've processed more as an adult. Like, how on earth? But like, there was just a vibe. So my dad and my mom go away one afternoon to, I forget where they were, but they come back. I'd been with my, my dad's cousins and their kid, and they come in and they're like, Aunt Minerva died. We just found out, we just got to call Aunt Minerva died. It was like my dad's, she meant nothing to me and the air kind of changed. It was like sad news. And I was like, oh no, this isn't, no, that's not what we do here. We don't do sad air. We do happy air. And, and Jimmy and Julie who were staying with the cousins were like, what happened? What do you mean she died? What happened? They're like, she, they found her in a, in the pool, in the swimming pool. And I, six year old me goes, maybe she had a stroke. (laughs)
0: oh my gosh
1: my parents were horrified jimmy and julie my dad's cousins immediately were cry laughing i remember feeling like so exhilarated by getting laughter and also getting in trouble at the same time for the joke and it really is like a pretty defining moment of like of what you know, what I would become to be. That was a very long way to tell that story. But I, I felt like it was important to know that it was me not wanting to sit in the uncomfortable nature of like sadness and like wanting to joke my way out of it. I felt like that was important to know. But I realize now that might have been a little boring and not worth the payoff. No, I that
0: was great. <laughs> I, I think it's amazing that, you know, with be, being what you do today, uh, that, you know, that was the one. And, and given the circumstances, it's it's very bad circumstances, but to me, it's it's very beautiful. Also, uh, a child breaking that that tension like that. Um, I mean, hell, man, that's that's just great. I yeah, like. Yeah, and
1: it. it wasn't. It wasn't in in art. Def- in my defense, too, like it wasn't like my aunt. It was like it was a and you know it was like an aunt of an aunt. You know, so it wasn't like I was being disrespectful of somebody I knew. I was definitely being disrespectful of somebody that they knew, <laughs> but. They, you know, two of them really laughed hard at it. <laughs> and actually that same uncle, when Mark, um, the last, when Schmodown was out in, um, New York at the end, or at the beginning of 2000, uh, 2020, um, the last live event that I went to, um, Mark had me, uh, do up at the New York comedy club. And my uncle, that same uncle, my dad's cousin, um, showed up and i got to tell the story there with him listening saying like this is a guy that inspired me to like be funny and he was like it just meant so much to him to hear because i don't think he knew that like he had been a sort of um inspiration for me you know in sort of pursuing comedy so he'll every once in a while he'll text me a joke <laughs> <laughs> to this day i feel like he's like oh i, guess I better keep this up
0: well, obviously, that moment meant a lot to you. And, uh, you know, it obviously, uh, again, it shaped uh, who you are today. But was was that the first thing you remember wanting to do as a child was working in entertainment? Or was there something else? Because, and and I am talking on that level of like how, you know, I, at one point, I wanted to be a fireman. And I totally. wanted to you know, that I, I am including those.
1: Yeah, I know. I think for the longest time, the thing I really was sure I I saw the movie Rudy, and I was sure I was going to be the first female football player for Notre Dame. That was it. That was all it was. I knew I knew in that moment that the of the story I just told that I liked getting laughs. I knew I liked getting irreverent laughs but I never thought I it honestly it didn't even occur to me that it's a career it was a career especially growing up in the midwest it's not like like my kids are gonna grow up here and it's like auntie lily's on tv and uncle jared is on broadway and like there's just like you can't like that is actually oh their friends parents here make livings and so it might occur to my kids more. God, I hope it doesn't, but, and like their father writes on a children's television show, like it will occur to them. I just felt like TV and movies were there and it didn't occur to me that like people wrote them and people made them and people, and there were actors and like, that's something you could do. So my first career I wanted was to be, I wanted to be a, a female football player at Notre Dame, which I know is not a professional level, but I figured that that would translate into me being a professional football player.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to go through college to to make it to the pros first. Okay,
1: thank you. Yeah, and as you can see, it happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and better Notre no, Notre Dame than Ohio State. So, and yeah. I'm from Ohio, and I say that. So, uh, <laughs> good collection on your part. Um, <laughs> uh, now through high school, were you a, were you a class clown or a comedy kind of person in school too?
1: Yeah, I. I remember senior year being like really incensed that Wendy Lindenmeyer got class clown because she was campaigning for it. It was such a weird. Th- and then I got like, she was just like, you guys are going to vote for me for class clown. Right. And in fairness, like when I look back and I'm like, yeah, she's definitely the more obvious. She was more the, the more the most, she was the more obvious choice because that was sort that was like, that was her thing. And I was like, I was like class clown ish but also I was like really serious about studying and like had a very strict mother. And I, you know what I mean? It was like all, it wasn't like, so I actually in the yearbook was most likely to become president. Really? Not exactly what you, (laughs) I, you know, I was like one of those people who at a very young age, I felt like I didn't want anybody being excluded from anything. I remember um, I, I was on the speech team and it's funny because I, I went to high school in the 90s and like I knew what gay was, but there wasn't a lot of gay kids out. But I remember um, there was this great kid that I went to school with, Jim, and he, we went to speech camp together and he showed up to the dance in a gold lame dress and the people at this speech camp like speech was like it, it's it was like performing uh, it wasn't just like you would also like do like there was like events called like HI um, some people also call it the National Forensics League basically it's known on the national level but there's like humorous interpretation where it's like you play every character of a play and you do like an 8 minute scene from a play and you do all so i was like in the funny things you're like you write a funny comedy that you play all the characters of. It was a very obscure thing, but so we, I went to this camp that summer and I remember being so incensed that like Jim got kicked out of the dance for wearing a gold lame dress. And like, it didn't occur to me that I had anything to do with like gender. I was just like, oh, what a strange. And like, I remember being like, we can't let this happen. And there was also like, then the, I was there for both weeks of the camp and then the next week at that same dance that they threw, um, I remember there was this sort of chubbier kid there who was like just sort of standing off to the side and like he wasn't in any of the cool events. It wasn't like he was in the funny events or like the he was like, he was in extemporaneous speaking or whatever. And I remember being like, well, I'm going to dance with him. And like, I went over and like da- made sure like that I danced with him. And like, I remember them, I remember the next day they like gave out weekly awards and I got like the the Citizen Award for including others. And I was like, this is just like, It's just it's actually shouldn't be a special trip. like we should all have been dancing with that kid like what's so I think I I think that that definitely carried over more than just like two weeks at camp. I feel like that's also probably how a lot of people saw me in high school was that, you know, I just I wanted to like I wanted to every I wanted to I wanted everybody to like me and everybody to laugh at me, but I also wanted to be like nice to everybody. Um and I think that just got in the way of me being class clown.
0: Well, that's okay because What's one,
1: important? Being yeah. funny is important, Jay. <laughs> it,
0: it, is, it is, but that's quite the compliment um, uh, that, that you did receive. And it goes yes. to, it's to speak uh, a long way as to how uh, your, your peers felt about you and your character. Uh, I, that's very flattering. And um, I'm not gonna, I, I asked this without wanting an answer, but I would just say, you know, Where's old girl now who won Class Clown? You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I should find out if she's working at Michael Jordan's restaurant. Oh, <laughs> Michael Jordan's Steakhouse. Oh, no. But that's not it. Oh. Michael Jordan's restaurant. Yeah. And there's still one in Oak Brook, Illinois. Wow. Um, no. And for the record, I mean, she actually was a really good friend of mine. Um, um, but also, where am I, Jay? Do you know what I mean? Where am I? <laughs> well, you're, you're in a really
0: good place. You're in a really I'm, good.
1: Place. I actually... I'll tell you what, I I make that joke, but that joke actually could see be seen as like diminishing this community. This community, if I could, if I never do another thing in my life, but just get to be in this community of people, because I'll tell you what it is, Jay, I feel like this is a community of people that that kid wouldn't have been standing off to the side. That's how I feel about this community. Like, this is not a community of people that lets anybody stand on the side, and I love that i just feel like i've oh, I found my people <laughs> on some level so yeah i i would if this is all that i if if the most i ever um get to share my comedy or whatever with is in the schmodown community i had a uh, what a great run that is man because it's it is the it's a great 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 community and i'm so lucky to be part of it
0: well uh as a part of the community, we feel the same way about you and wow. so, you know, the others who are who are part of the Schmodown. So uh, that's a two way street for sure. So thank wow, you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Also, I, I realize it sounded I sound pretty vain about how I was in high school. I, I wasn't trying to toot my own horn. I guess what I meant to say is that, like, I also had sort of, I feel like when you're the class clown, you you probably don't spend much time caring about people's feelings. And I, like, definitely was a person that was like, ah, I hope everyone's okay.
0: No, so, what was the name of the high school that you went to? I went to what- down,
1: yeah, Downers Grove South. Um, that it was so it was, it was actually technically, I in my later years, I've learned two things. One, it's actually called Community District 99 High School South. And there's also a North. But it's so funny. I watched my senior video again a couple years ago. I was one of the hosts of the senior video. And um, it was the year that um, Blair Witch Project came out. So we did a Blair Witch spoof where I'm like, <sighs> like, you know, like, so like crying, there's like snot running down my nose and stuff. Um and I was like, here at South. And I was like, we called the school just South. So like, n- we have never called it's it, we. It was DGS Downers Grove South, and we were the Mustangs. But man, I can't. I was. I'm like, it's we never called it by its real name, and then we just called it South. What a weird thing. So I went to South. Apparently, <laughs> here at South.
0: That's great. Um, yeah, we were Trojans. Uh, Arcan- North
1: Downers Grove North was Trojans. Yeah. Were you purple, yeah. purple and yeah. white? Orange and black. Oh, okay, okay, I can, yeah. I can deal with that.
0: Yeah, was... the uh, the football helmets are like a Michigan University uh, style, but orange and black. So,
1: ooh, I like play, it. The,
0: the pep band plays the uh, Michigan fight song for the. In, oh, the, get out! Yeah. Wait, where did you? Where in Ohio were you? Uh, I'm about forty five miles northwest of Dayton. Uh, okay. So and and w- which would also place me maybe. 20 or 30 miles off the Indiana border. Okay. So.
1: Um, Ohio is so strange because you're, you're East coast time. Yes. Yes. I'm realizing that now you'd said that you're on East coast time, but not all of Ohio's East coast time or is yeah. all of Ohio. East coast. It is. Okay.
0: Now it used to be now when I was growing up, it used to be Indiana uh, would change times and, st- and it was really weird because they would then be, I actually lived right on the border of Indiana for a little bit I mean, like I could walk uh, a mile across in I'd be in Indiana. Uh, and they were, yeah. And, and they, that was when they had the time change thing. They've since done away with that. Yeah. Uh, but it was so very confusing. And Blockbuster got a lot of my money in late fees because, you know, I'm sitting here thinking it's six o'clock, but it's really whatever time. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I thought I had more time. So. Oh,
1: you could have really beat the system in the other direction. You could have gotten like an extra. I forget did Blockbuster did you have to return it at the one you checked it out from? Yes. Oh, never mind. Then you can't beat the yeah. system. I was gonna say you rented in you rent it in your state and then return <laughs> in, in the in the earlier state. Oh, I wish that would work.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we're yeah, we're on the eastern time here. Uh oh, those time changes. It's such a such a terrible thing if you really think about it.
1: Yeah, Jake, you you have to me Jay a um, a bit of and I've, it's always been this way. You have a bit of a Southern accent to me, which doesn't track considering that you're Ohio, unless it does track because I don't understand something about Ohio. Uh,
0: I was about eighteen months old or so, and my uh, my family moved to Houston, Texas. Well, to there Texas. It
1: is. Okay, okay. There uh, it is. <laughs> we it
0: up then, and then I was about six or so. We moved back up to Ohio.
1: Okay. For, for so the first
0: life was in Texas. So,
1: And your parents, do your parents have an Ohio accent or a Houston, like a, a Houston, uh, Ohio,
0: as far as I know. Yeah. yeah. So you got
1: the hook, them horns. What's that? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yep. Austin. Uh, but yeah, I, we, we lived down there for a while and uh, my dad did construction, uh, construction work. He was uh, okay. you know, uh, the, the foreman and uh, they poured roads like oh uh,
1: highways and
0: streets and stuff like that. And uh,
1: that's a great, I mean, it's a dangerous job, but it is a great career. It's hard on your body, but like I do feel like you make a real proper living and there's a union to take care of you, right? Or no? Uh,
0: no, not, not, well, I don't know about down there with his specific company. Okay. But growing up as a teenager into my early 20s, I worked, my, my parents owned their own construction company up gotcha. here. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay. There. Uh there was no uh, we there was no unions okay. for that kind of stuff. Then. But also
1: if your parents own it, maybe you didn't need the union to protect you from them. Or maybe uh, you did.
0: Oh, you never know, huh? <laughs> no, they're they're great. Uh it, it was really fun. It was hard though. I got two older brothers and I worked with both of them and my uncle. And you know, you're in the hot sun, ninety degrees for twelve hours. It is hard out. work. And uh, and being around family, it's easier to it's easier to allow yourself to get more upset and, and talk more, say more, uh, more aggressive things than you would just a regular coworker. You
1: totally. know, it totally
0: interesting times.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. OK, really good point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, another thing I always think about, too, is like plumbers. I feel like plumbers make such a nice living. And it's not like pleasant work per se, but like you make a good living doing it. But I, I guess I've always sort of lumped con- like construction workers into that too. Like I feel like construction, like some construction workers are just straight up rich. Like some people just like really, and like, or construction owners, I should say too. I'm like, that's a, you know, but yeah, there's, there's, ins, there's ins and outs of every job. But yeah, the the manual labor of that job is really hard, so. Yeah. Also, you're fair skinned. That that sun couldn't have been good for you.
0: No, it wasn't. Um, I'm I'm like a vampire. I like the dark. Um, uh, I like cool coolness. I, I hate the light, the sun, the heat, everything that comes with it. Uh, no, I would get sunburnt so fast. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, get, you get the uh, what? What do they call it? The uh, the redneck tan, the summer tan on your you know the back of your neck is yeah. red, and then uh, yeah. my my, my the arms arm are red certain i'm pale like a ghost (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what was your first job
1: my first job was babysitting uh i actually started babysitting when i was 10 uh which is an absurd age to start babysitting at but it was just we had this really i grew up in this really lovely neighborhood um i don't even know how it would be described like what the sort of category it would fall into but there was like common grounds like um And there was, like, a pool, a neighborhood pool. So in the summer, we didn't have to belong to a pool. We could just go to the neighborhood pool and everybody could – swim. and, and like, no neighbor, it's just so strange to think, like, especially living in L.A. where it's, like, every single one of my neighbors has a pool except for us. Um, It's so strange to think about, like, that's so weird. Like, we had a pool that's now, like, the size of what, like, people have in their backyards. But it would be, like – it was just, like, a very communal – place and there would be like a progressive dinner and lobster bake and that turns out later I've, I found out that like my parents paid a homeowner's fee to live in that neighborhood that maintained all of that and so part of like just being in this community was people were like oh Kate's 10 she can watch my kid while I go to this thing so it was just like within the neighborhood I sort of bounced around to different families at starting at the age of 10 and like the mom would usually be like I'm at the craft fair so you watch the kids while I'm at the craft fair you know it was a Pretty idyllic upbringing, honestly. Um, but that was, yeah, babysitting kids was my first J-O-B. And then my first job out of the neighborhood, <laughs> out of people's houses, was I worked at a portrait studio uh, as a receptionist my senior year when we were doing our senior pictures. I worked at the portrait studio there. Hmm.
0: That sounds interesting.
1: Yeah. It's actually funny because um, when I was – there was a couple of times that I did Collider – um one of the photographers that i used to work for there i was like 18 years old and 17 but it was this guy jeff wood who was like oh my god kate mulligan i he works in the he was like he listened to the collider live show and like had reached out during one of them which is funny i hadn't thought about that forever but shout out to jeff wood (laughs)
0: um (laughs) that's great um i I do speaking of collider live uh i i did want to ask you about something to uh Expand on it if you would uh you worked as a harlequin for for at least a, a short amount of time uh could you explain exactly what that is and, and maybe talk about that experience
1: uh, in the uh i guess it would have been 2000 winter of 2004 no winter of 2005 excuse me um i was living my parents had a condo that i was renting from them truly paid my parents rent um I mean, in hindsight, I'm like, they were, they gave me a a really good deal, but, um, but they, they made me pay. Um, good for them, I say, but I, so in order to sort of make ends meet, I had all of these different random jobs. I was a receptionist out in the North shore. I was teaching theater classes at, through this theater, which is where Michael Jordan's daughter was a student. Um, I was, there was all of these different, like little, I was still nannying. And then one of the things that came up was a traveling, um, think we called it the, a jester but water tower place is this mall in downtown chicago on the magnificent mile and they had a new orleans This was 2005 because it was they did like a new orleans themed christmas in honor of katrina which i think had happened the prior august and so it was like i was like a traveling jester i was poppy and i would try i this woman and i who i went to school with um which we would sort of hop around the mall for hours on the weekends and like people would take pictures and like we were told to not say Merry Christmas. We're supposed to say happy holidays and people would take pictures and like they kept being like, Oh, you're an elf. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) But it was like, of course I look like an elf. No one's gonna be like, Oh, you're a Harlequin. Oh, you're a jester. Like it was a very strange theme. But um, I still have talk about sense memory. I can still to this day, it was a, it was, and I know I don't get to say, like you poured concrete. I don't actually get to say this was hard, but it would be like eight hours with maybe two 30 minute breaks in it of like I would hop. I would do like sort of like the Wizard of Oz hop and I'd be in like full makeup. Then I'd have to sort of travel around and like, I ended up, like, doing bits with, like, the revolving doors where I would be like, oh, and, like, try and get people to come into the store. It was just – but there was a Lush – I don't know if you would (laughs) – I'm sure not, but there's a store called Lush, which is handmade, like, bath bombs and body butters and stuff. And it's – the smell of it, to this day, if I walk past a Lush, I'm immediately 23 years old inside Water Tower Place – at christmas time sweating my balls off on like hour seven feeling like i'm dizzy and can't see straight and it it, because there was a lush in the um where the marshall fields was there was like a lush or i think it was macy's at the time in the basement of the macy's which is where i was like prancing around it was not the best job i've ever had (laughs) (laughs) But it was like I remember thinking, like, you know, I've I've just graduated from college as a theater major. I'm like, I got a I got a job performing. It's like not quite, kid.
0: (laughs) Thinking back now, uh, can you think of any way in which that job uh, positively impacted or or helped you in any way in the uh, leading up to now? Or is it just something that it was just an experience?
1: I think it was I think that it wasn't necessarily the job but it was sort of um, I think it's like fun to collect stories and so I think I've I think I say yes to a lot of things or I've said yes to a lot of things between then and now because it might be because everything's temporary you know what I mean like that's something I always like when I really start to spiral out about something I'm like this is like nothing it's like the worst part about life is that nothing is permanent but it's also a great thing about life is that nothing is permanent so like whatever discomfort you're feeling right now it's temporary and that I have the agency in my own life to like if I need to walk away from a job I can do that like I didn't in that case it was truly a temporary job just for the Christmas season but I think yeah like it it made me like take on more stuff. Maybe I I did like a bar show for a while out in Chicago where I, um, it was like a sort of like a cabaret show, but like a comedy version. And, um, it was, yeah, it was sort of a, you know, it just like weird experiences. Um, but yeah, that, that was not a long-term job. I think something that, uh, it was something that, like, definitely I wasn't in a comfort zone. It was physically uncomfortable, but also, like, then I would have encounters with people. Like, there's, of course, a person that's like, I want you to say Merry Christmas to me. And I was like, sure. And they're like, no, say it. I want you to, like, they, you know, it wasn't like, it was much easier to be a nanny because I knew that kid in and out. And I knew we were going to have fun and we can just play horse in the basement and, like, whatever. Like, so it was, I don't know. I guess it. I guess in that way, that job definitely um, I said yes to things after that and also knew that, you know, th- discomfort is temporary in life.
0: <laughs> now, when did you, Uh, when did you first try stand up? What made you interested in that? And, and where was your first time on stage doing that?
1: That's a question. I actually don't know the answer to Jay. I, I, the second part, I don't remember when I do actually, I'm sorry. I take it back. I don't remember how I got it though. I so I had done improv in Chicago. I had done improv all throughout school. I went to Northwestern out in the northern suburbs of Chicago and I was like found improv there. That sort of became like a thing. I was like, I'm gonna be a famous improv comedian. And the truth is, like, that's not actually a position that it that exists. <laughs> like you can be good at improv, but like you then that makes you an actor in Christopher Guest's movie, or it makes you somebody that could get on SNL. I just didn't ultimately have – it It went fine for a while. Um, I did the Second City Conservatory in Chicago. And then I moved out to L.A. and I was such a Chicago improv snob. I was like, well, I'm done doing that now. I can't do that anymore. And I really forget how it happened. But I got – my first stand-up performance ever was at the comedy store in the belly room. Who got me that gig, Jay? just a weird gig to be able to get somebody somebody must have I must have met them through work or something but I uh, anyway I, that was my first gig and then I found it to be like very um the thing that's very different about stand-up and improv is that like an improv like you if it if the show goes well it's still possible that you had a bad show and, like, you, you, that's very evident, like, after the show and everybody's, like, walking past you to go tell the person that had the biggest laugh. Like, you were so funny. And, like, but also if the show bombs, but, like, you did what? Well, like, it's just – it's a shared thing with improv. Whereas with stand-up, the glory is all yours. So if you're, like, a narcissist, like I think I might be, it was, like, great. It was, like, oh, my God. This a, but also you the learning curve is so massive because – the defeat is all yours too. You have nobody to blame but yourself when it doesn't go well. And I think I liked both, both ends of that. I liked, I liked that I was responsible for every, every part of it. Um, I've had a friend since that like, was like, Oh, I'll, I can write some jokes for you. And like, I don't, I think part of what I, I don't know. It doesn't appeal to me at all that, to have someone else write my jokes for me. Cause I sort of like that. It's all mine. Um, yeah. And yeah, but that was, that was, and I think that was in 2007 was my first stand stand-up show. Oh, after so I'd, you, after I'd already moved out to LA.
0: Okay. So you dipped your toe into acting before, uh, before the standup.
1: Yes. It, and, and improv and before the acting. the acting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the dead girl in which yes. you're credited as party girl,
1: party girl, <laughs> uh,
0: what, how did that come about? And what was that overall experience like?
1: So I worked for a company, um, and actually, Jay, I, it's a little bit of a quiz for you as a, as a movie buff yourself. Um, if I say there is a company that has a boy jumping off of a dock as its logo, would you know what that production company is? Could you picture it?
0: I can picture it. Um, I'm not sure that it's Tomlin, but that's the only thing coming to mind. It's no, not.
1: Oh, oh, what is it? Lakeshore Entertainment.
0: Okay, okay. It's I the know Lakeshore- that. Yeah. Very-
1: so you'll notice that all of most of, I think almost all of my credits are Lakeshore Entertainment Productions. It was a company that I worked for. Um, I worked as a PA for a year and then I moved into an accounting position on the international sales team, um, or it was called collections and accounts management. Um, so it was a desk job. Like I had a desk job, but the gentleman, and I say gentleman, he, he was actually the man that um, accepted the Oscar for Million Dollar Baby which was the year just before I got to Lakeshore. Um, and he gave me a job there because my aunt, he my aunt in Chicago, he had a, a real estate management company in Chicago. He was a big deal in Chicago, still is a big deal in Chicago. And so she had worked from there. She said like, can you, you know, my niece is coming out to LA. Do you have anything for her? And he, no one has ever taken care of me the way that this man took care of me. It was just like, he was so generous. He gave me this job. He just gave me this job, a community, a life. I mean, like everything about my life in LA, I have because this man said yes. Um, and so he, the dead girl, was a Brittany Murphy. Um, it was a Brittany Murphy movie. James Franco was in it. Tony Collette was in it. It was a small budget. Um, the woman that uh, directed it was a woman named Karen Moncrief, who. It was just a really – if if you haven't seen The Dead Girl, you'll just see me walking by in it. But if you haven't seen The Dead Girl, you should see it because it's actually just sort of a really cool – It was I feel like it was a little bit ahead of its time, and it was a low-budget sort of indie film that really didn't get much traction. I want to say it was one of the last things Brittany Murphy did, but that could be wrong um, because she has since passed, if I'm not conflating her with somebody, confusing oh, her she with someone else. I just can't she has, I can't remember when, um, but my scene, oh, and Rose Byrne was in it too, before Rose Byrne was a massive deal before, like this, before Rose Byrne did Bridesmaids and, um, anyway, so I'm, I've been put, I've been put in this film to have a one line where basically Rose Byrne and James Franco are at a party and they're about to kiss and I walk through them drunk and like, they end up like moving into the bedroom. So we're at this house. It's my first time ever being on a movie set, and I've been considered a day player, which means I'm not background. I've have a part. I have like a line, and it means I get I get a room and a four banger, which is a trailer that has like four rooms in it. so I got like my own room. It was like, I mean, it, you can't even imagine how I felt like I was just on top of the world. And then I'm, of course, put into holding with james franco who is shooting spider-man 2 maybe at this what would he be shooting in 2006
0: be around it'd be something around there probably but Sp-
1: he was shooting one of the spider-mans so he's basically going to shoot with us and then he was going to go at four he was getting picked up because it was a night shoot at four he was getting picked up to go shoot spider-man for the whole day god love him and we were sort of sitting there but he we so we were like it was rose Uh, Rose's friend and myself and James Franco and James Franco was we're in this bedroom of this house while they're setting up the kitchen for the party scene and all of the background actors are in the backyard and I I just felt out of place I was like these are not my people they were could not have been like could not have been nicer could not have been nicer but like James is trying to sleep in this person's bed and so like I end up like walking out into the backyard And I'm talking with the background and like, I'm hot shit to them because I'm somebody like, so again, egomaniac. I was like, where, where am I going to be special? Oh, with the people who think I'm somebody legit. So I went out to this backyard and I was talking. and they're like, what's, what's going on in there? How are you know, talking, how did you get this part? What did you, how did you audition and did it? And of course, I don't want to answer like I was given the part because I work at the production company because my aunt, you know. But anyway, I'm sort of like feeling like I'm feeling myself. And at some point, somebody opens the sliding glass door, the, the room that James Franco is sleeping in and sort of yells out like, OK, background, we're calling you in. Uh, Kate, okay, come back in, come back to makeup. And like, so I'm like, anyway, guys, I will see you later. And I turn and I bounce so hard and so loudly off the sliding glass door, which has been closed. Oh. And all of the background are like, (laughs) I mean, and then I walk in and from bed, James Franco's like, did you just walk in? Did you just walk in? Like, you know, gummy. Did you just walk into the sliding glass door? I'm like, no, go back to sleep. (laughs) It was just like this. I was i whenever you feel good about yourself like or that you're too good for or that you're better than it check yourself because you're about to get checked and life was just like stay humble bitch you're an idiot still <laughs> and that was my first movie experience was bouncing off a, a door that had just been closed like while i was like bye guys enjoy enjoy guys bye you're welcome for my time I mean, I deserved it. It was well earned that slam into a door.
0: <laughs> That's great. Well, I mean, it it had to be a humbling moment. <laughs> oh,
1: no question. No question. And I honestly, every every once in a while, and I'm like, if you're feeling yourself, you need to stop because something something's gonna level it out very quickly. <laughs>
0: That's sound advice. That's sound advice. <laughs> um, uh, another another film that uh, that uh, that you have in your bio, uh, Fame, um, mm. credited as a karaoke singer. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, about that.
1: Yeah. So Lake just kept putting me in movies and some parts were bigger than others. This I think this sort of probably uh, this was probably my biggest part, but it, it was also the most fun I've ever had on a set. Basically, it was the remake of fame. Megha Mullally and um, Kelsey Grammer in this remake. There was a really talented kid named Paul Iacono who was in it, who I was like, this guy's going to be a star. And I don't know that he is, which I'm, I'm almost like, I'm equal parts sad and happy because I'm like, he got out. He got out uh, um, of the business. I mean, but um, it was just a, it was a day that we were shooting at this weird bar. Uh, somewhere in LA. And Megan Mullally had also gone to Northwestern. So she and I had talked to her about, it. she could not have been, it was, it was just, we are genuinely, I was genuinely with nice people all day long. And my job was to perform bad karaoke, which is like, actually so easy for me. To do. <laughs> Cause it's me just performing karaoke so i was like i got to keep going getting up and performing it and megan Mullally walks the kids in um the she's taken the kids from her high school that she's teaching the fame kids and she's like see that kids and don't forget have fun you know and so she like points and i'm up there like straight up now, tell me do you really want to me forever like i'm just selling the thing But it was a long shoot. I mean, we were doing it for hours and hours and hours. So I really got close with like – not close, but like I remember Megan being like, oh, I can't stand. Like I live on a hill. Nick and I live on a hill. And like I just see these – I'll be driving up and I'll just see like these horrible people that are our neighbors like making their nannies walk from the bus stop up the hill. I'll just put them in my car. I mean truly one of the nicest human beings like – taking people's nannies to the house for them because she can't believe they the people wouldn't drive them up th- themselves. Right. Or cleaning ladies for that matter too. So I just remember being like, "Oh, I love this woman." And then Kelsey Grammer not the same vibe, I wouldn't say, but he at some point was like weird I was talking with the, one of the producers uh who I knew because I worked in an office with him every day. And I really, really hated when people on set found out that I worked for the company because I felt like not only it, because it made me feel bad about myself, but I also felt like I didn't want it to cheapen the project. Like I didn't want like Megan Mullally to be like, oh no, Lakeshore's just putting their office girl in here. Like I didn't want it to, like, I wanted everybody to feel good about the job they were doing. And I didn't want to, feel like I cheapened it because I was there and like this guy was so nice to put me in So this producer and I were talking and like I was doing bits and whatever and Kelsey Grammer said to him he's like she's funny about me and I remember being like and then like promptly getting like a vibe from him that I was like okay, I'm gonna go back to Megan <laughs> <laughs> um and she's so this is the this is a crazy story. she said to me um, I'm doing a pilot. She was doing a pilot with the woman that ended up um, that uh, was playing Larry David's wife on Herb. What's her name?
0: Oh, oh,
1: why can't I think of it? Yeah, I'm embarrassed,
0: I like to, but I, I can picture her perfectly. In I want to say
1: Christine Baransky, but it's not Christine Baransky. Oh, mm. Lord, this is horrible. I'm embarrassed by this. But anyway, she was doing a pilot at the time. It was called like doggy. World*. I forget what it was. No, what was it? Anyway, bottom line. She was like, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you. I'm going to make sure we call you. I'm going to call you. And so like, I gave her my name or whatever my number. And it was like, there's 0% chance that she follows through on this. The number of times that people had been like, oh, I'll call, we'll try and get you in. Sure enough, my agent, my commercial agent, gives me a call like two weeks later and was like, um, they've asked to see you for this pilot. I forget what it was called. Um, I also forget the woman's name. And Sure enough, they called me in to do this audition, and I was like, I cannot believe a famous person in Hollywood kept, the, like, really made an effort to keep their promise on this. And I ate such shit at that audition that I am, to this day, still cringe, thinking about how she took a chance on me, and I fucked it up.
0: <laughs> now, now, when you say that, uh, what do you mean exactly? Like, if from your perspective... Uh, what went wrong in that audition?
1: I'm a bad actress. That's A of all. It's just true. I mean, I was like, I was a good stage actress. I feel like when I can, I don't know. There's something I, there's something that a stage does. I'm just, when you need me to go in and like, I get in my head about, did I have the lines memorized correctly? And I maybe didn't put enough time into the sides to practice. I just, they were like, okay. There was just nothing. I didn't do anything remarkable in that. I was probably too worried about memorizing the lines. And like, I'm sure I planned it a certain way. I'm like, okay, and then I'll say this word like this. I just, I'm not a good actress. It's just the bottom line. I'm not a good actress. And um, And I also, the truth is part of the reason why I'm not a good actress is because I wasn't auditioning frequently. So when you don't audition frequently, that muscle gets weak. And so, and then every time you dig it, an audition, it feels like such high stakes. And especially this felt like such high stakes. Like Megan Mullally called me in for this part, for her show. I cannot mess this up. And I remember um, this woman, Krista Flanagan, was there who um, had been on Mad TV. I dated a guy on Mad TV for a while uh, when I first moved out to LA. And she, um, she had been on the show then. I remember like seeing her, but everybody was recognizing her from Mad Men at the time. And I remember like being like, hi. And like, what's worse than being like, I'm Dada's ex girlfriend. And like, oh yeah, hi. Like, just like, that's all. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And I just remember feeling like this thing's over. It's over for me. And like, everybody was like, don't be, don't play tricks on Peggy because she's like, she's in Mad Men anyway. And I just, it was, I was like, it's done. It's done. I'm done. I'm done.
0: <laughs> now, while all this is going on, uh, uh, you're still working in the comedy clubs, correct?
1: Yes. Yes. At this point. Yeah.
0: Now, have you met Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis at this point by now?
1: Yes. So I want to say fame happened in 2009, which maybe means we filmed it 2008. Um, I started doing stand-up in 2000s end of 2006. So I met Christian in 2007 and Mark in 2007 for that matter too. And Mark Ellis and I actually, so Christian and I always did stand up together at this place um, called room five, which is on La Brea in um, LA. And like he and I became pals. And then he put me as again, like a small part, he he knew I wasn't a good actress in his pilot called grasping at straw, grasping with grasping at straws. And, um, Eliza Schlesinger was in it and Mark Ellis was in it. And Mark and I spent I, I was like in I was in the background of scenes that they were doing basically. I think Ken knapsack was in it too. Mm-hmm. And um and there was I didn't have anything funny to say. I was just a waitress in the background. But Christian, of course, was like, you know, it could turn into a bigger part. We could give you a storyline, whatever. But I was like, sure. No, no, you know, whatever. It was a legit production too, and uh, and but Mark Ellis and I spent the whole day talking. I was like, "Oh wow, this is the funniest dude on the planet." I we just hung out that whole day and just talked and talked and talked, like in between scenes, like back to Mark. And we, I mean, I'd seen him go up on stage and stuff, and he was funny, but like I, there was just nothing like how fast and quick he was. So technically, Christian, I feel like got like really my friendship with mark alice just by putting us both in that pilot um and, but i think I, I do think i knew christian first just from doing the stand-up there
0: um i have seen that uh the pilot you speak of um oh, you have is yes. it out there it's on youtube yes
1: oh my god i have um, to watch this <laughs> uh
0: now uh, uh, let me uh, not not has there been any talk about but what do you think about uh maybe tr- all you guys getting together now Uh, these years later uh, with more experience under your belt and more life knowledge and maybe try to reboot it or something.
1: You know, the pilot itself, I don't know, because I feel like I think the thing that's one shift that's happened is that I think Eliza Eliza is obviously very famous has an incredible, beautiful career. Um, And she and Mark, I think like Eliza and Christian used to be very tight. And now I'm not saying that Eliza and Christian aren't still tight. There's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no bad blood there. But I just think that like Eliza and Mark, because they're both still doing stand up together are much closer. Uh, I think Eliza is actually like his best friend, Mark's best friend. And, um, or one of his best friends, I should say. And, uh, I think, I don't know, like, I don't know if that would, you know, I don't know if it's a project that means anything to anybody else because, or anybody anymore, because it was so many years ago and i think probably we would all tell a difference like i think christian wouldn't even be interested in telling that particular story anymore um or and mark you know i feel like the other thing too is that like Eliza and mark are definitely past us <laughs> in oh in, uh, in in league so um which is not to say that you know christian had a, had the biggest career of all of us at the time um and i think if he wanted to jump back into stand up he could be just that big again but um but yeah i feel like i don't know if that would be a a pilot any of us could pull off anymore
0: in, times a thing. A lot in comedy as well um
1: would you uh, i'm sorry say again
0: times have changed a lot oh, in yeah. comedy as well especially you know over the last uh last decade and whatnot um it'd be interesting though to see what kind of take uh could be done there because you know i've never uh being in the midwest here rural america i've never been to comedy clubs anything like that let alone being on your side of it and and having that experience uh i can't imagine uh what that must be like and i don't know it just you know because i think about the things i do and we know when uh as far as our community uh when i talk to a suge knight or i talk to an amber Coates from let's get ready and you know I have a little bit of that, dude, this is cool. You know, I'm talking to other people who are yes. doing what I'm doing and, yes. and it's it's a really cool vibe. It's a really cool feeling, but comedy, uh, that's a whole nother level.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, I think the thing that I, 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 it's been so long for me. I don't know, how, I don't know what it's like to be in a club now. When I do stand up again these days, it's by the grace of Mark Ellis, who is like constantly so generous and is like, not only do I not mind you riding on my coattails, but here, let me help you hop up. I mean, he just, he'll book himself a show. It happened a couple weekends ago. He was like, I got a weekend in La Jolla. You want to come do a set every night? And I was like, yeah, I do. But it's also like Mother's Day weekend and my parents are in and I'm not fully vaccinated yet. You know I like? But right. it killed me to say no to that. And he's like, calm down. There will be more. But I feel like I can't say no to this. I can't say no to this. Like, <laughs> like when else am I going to get to do- and like Mark's answer is, you will get to do it again, but I don't know. I, I, uh, it's for me. I think that, it, that it's definitely a young person sport. <laughs> like, I just, I don't have the energy to get on a stage at ten o'clock. <laughs> I don't.
0: Yeah. And
1: also, if it's and for those people who are doing it at an older age, not trying something out in their twenties, it's because it's their career. And you know, if I if I could be paid money to get up at 10 o'clock at night. I'd, I'd build my life around that time frame rather than, you know, an early, you know, I I could make it work, but you don't get to have a career in it unless you've put in the legwork. And I did not put in the legwork the way I should have or could have if I was really serious about doing this for a living. Um, Cause I think, I think it, you know, at some point in 2008 or 2009, I realized like, it was 2009. I realized like, uh, I kind of just want to hang out with my boyfriend and be a f- the funniest person in a room. Like, let's just go out and I'll be funny at a bar. You know, like it just—I didn't have that. I didn't have that uh, hustle. You know, I just was a little too lazy.
0: When I came down, yeah, that's all right. You're in a good spot now and well, uh,
1: yes again because that, christian has handed me something <laughs>
0: yeah well i was about to say you know a lot of that started obviously with collider live uh when you started making appearances on there um uh I, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go ahead and do it i'm gonna bring this up because you've spoke a little bit about this a long time ago yep. uh on another show with me and this is something that not a lot of folks are are probably aware of but but I would like to get a little bit more into a, a famous Collider Live incident. Yes. Dad, uh, uh, breaking into the room, very upset. Um, yes. There was there was a lot of stuff that went down that day. Uh, an online or an on air argument, rather. Yes. Um, you were there for that. Um, yes. And I I just I remember you had told me just a little bit about that. Yeah. Would you mind telling me uh, just what was that? How did that all go down exactly, from your perspective of being there? What
1: happened? Well, I will tell you this: on um, this past Friday night, um, Thad was on the Good People Association, and um, the guys had me call in. And I said to Sat, I said when I saw Thad, I'm like, "Hi, Thad, it's good to see you, not yelling." And he's like, "It was never at you." So I didn't. I honestly, God, like he was such a good sport about that. And I also was like, "There's no way he knows who I am from where I'm sitting." there is, uh, I, I felt like I had been snuck into a party. It was Christian's show, but he worked for this bigger network. And he was just basically like, yeah, come by. Like you live in Burbank. Why aren't you doing my podcast all the time? And I was like, sure. I was sort of like recovering from my second kid and like the postpartum haze. And I was like, oh, it's kind of nice to like, try to look presentable and go and, but I was like, I don't know enough about movies. Like, you're fine. You're going to be fine. We talk about other stuff too. And so like, I still was nervous walking in there because I had to buzz in that somebody was going to be like, who is she? The thing was, I wasn't costing anybody any money at the time. Like, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like they were going to be like, we we didn't agree to this, but I still felt like I was sneaking into a party. So that particular, I honestly, it's so funny. I don't remember many of the details, but like, there was, oh, that it, there was something he the, was supposed uh, to talk about something.
0: Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I wasn't
1: there for the Galaxy's Edge. Oh, wasn't it. oh, no. What was it? No. Right. It was something else. I wasn't there for Galaxy's Edge. No.
0: No, you're right. And by the well, way,
1: Christian, I've never met anybody who owns that the way he does. I feel like he right. brings it up more than other people bring it up. He's like, I'm yeah. sure someone's going to be like, oh, look, is this the Galaxy's Edge guy? And I'm like, no, no, stop saying it. No one thinks about you that way anymore. Uh, no. I wasn't there. No, I wasn't there. I was just there. I don't even think it made the air, but like, oh, we. I remember what it was now. We had played a video we weren't supposed to play and YouTube kicked us off.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right.
1: And that was upset with us because we'd been kicked off and came in and, and then Christian's like this, like we have a guest here. And like, it was, you know, whatever it was, you guys listen in hindsight, I'm like tensions were high because I'm sure the writing was on the wall for what was ultimately, that was like close to the end, honestly, of Christian's time there. And I think it was probably just like tensions were high in all directions. And um, I think, you know, everybody was unhappy. So I think I just, I, I witnessed um, just probably a bad day, but also, as I said, that's like been really cool when I said, I'm so glad you're not yelling for the record. Also, like I am somebody who in a work setting, like I, I have a, not even in a work setting, just in general, I have a temper. So like, I will be the last person to ever be like. That was so crazy how somebody yelled because like people had, like my old job would be like uh do you remember pie day like there was a nickname for me i was pie they're like oh god is pie day kate gonna show up <laughs> and it's just a. it was just a day it was like a day we all at a pie competition at work and i lost my fucking mind like i was on an episode of the real housewives or something i mean i i was not cool so well
0: anyway. from, from a fan's perspective uh that situation, you know, like you said, dude, everyone uh, is understanding that uh, it's a work setting, you know, it's stressful, you know, all of that. Uh, what I take away from that is that even though in the moment it was probably uncomfortable for for folks involved, um, we all understand as viewers and I, we didn't take it in a very like, uh, ho- like a harsh way. It was very entertaining for us uh, on yes. the other end. But uh, but it just it was just one of those situations that I, I still have conversations with some folks and uh, about Collider Live. And that's one of the first things that comes yeah. up. is, yes. is bad yeah. and Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. I Yeah. I mean, I go back and look at that. And I'm like, oh, mom and dad were fighting in front of the kids is like really what it comes down to. And unfortunately, the kids, there's, you know, a lot of viewers. But uh, listen, there's like. Jay, honestly, if you had had this, if you had said, like, let's do this today at 12 you would have gotten a very different me. I just, I feel like everybody who shows up to record something and knows it's going to live forever on the internet, you cannot always be recording on a good day. Like, you just, it's statistically impossible. So, yeah. like, you've maybe caught me at a good, maybe I'm not going to make any faux pause here, but like, as far as I, I mean, I don't know, I, there's there's definitely points of today where you could have maybe caught me at a more tenuous part of my day and I would have maybe lost my mind over something or and it just it's you know, it, it's it's re, it, if if uh, if what is required of humans now is to be perfect, we will all fail. We yeah. will like it, it, I will not have a perfect record uh, on the Internet. I, I'm you know, the Internet is undefeated. <laughs> so i just have to show up the best way i can and uh hope that hope that i i don't know i i I support everyone in that example
0: (laughs) well and and it's it's just it's real too it's reality it's it's not you know it's not scripted reality like that kind of stuff but it's just shows aren't going to be perfect especially when you're doing them live you know stuff's going to happen and uh, I've never really liked the perfect, clean, polished uh, type of entertainment as far as movies or music. I like it a little rough around the edges. I like, like in music, for example, I like if sometimes I can hear uh, the guitarist maybe puts his finger on the wrong key uh, in the, you know, just those little things to me make it more, uh, more refreshing for me as a person to soak and absorb that in. But yeah, it, it happens. It happens. But yeah, it just popped in my mind. I yeah. wanted to.
1: No, it's, it's funny because I, um, I think too, I think a lot of times in those situations, let's say, let's say I make a joke today and it's really offensive. Let's say, or I say something that's like, or I go on a rant to you. The question is, do I afterwards double down on that? Do I then like stand my ground and say like, yeah, I stand by that horrible thing I said. Yeah. I, because like, it's a person's prerogative. And if they said the thing intentionally, and stand and like die on that hill like that's that's fine but I feel like a lot of times people will say the wrong thing and or do or, or, or behave in a way that they're not proud of later and then actually be able to take accountability for it the way that I feel like Christian has done billions of times over. And I just don't even like when I look at him, that's not what I think about at all. I don't think about like I've I've never
0: once thought about that situation, the Galaxy's Edge situation in a negative way at all. I completely understand where where he was coming from. I've never, I've never, I never thought he was being harsh or rude or over the top. It just, you know, he was being honest and he was giving it opinions and feelings you know
1: and also he has since been like yeah that wasn't a great moment for me like if he had been like no but i believe it like then then like then we could be like okay well i don't know if i don't know if this guy's our brand but like to me this is a guy that's like i really i really regret that i'm I, i really he, you know i think it really affected him i think it really hurt him Um, the responses to that so i I
0: hope i hope it's not something that lingers in his mind um all
1: right i mean i wouldn't know because i'm not in his mind but it's certainly not anything that lingers in my mind
0: good good that's my question now now i would assume also that you becoming a part of the schmodown happened uh around the collider live maybe into the sen uh live times when how did all that come about whose idea
1: was that and how
0: did that that build
1: so there was a couple of, there was a couple, I don't want to give too much behind the scenes, but there was, I had a, there was a, so I think basically, yes, in terms of Collider Live, I think Collider Live, I become sort of a Friday regular. And I think Christian can see that I'm interacting within the community and it's going well. And that, um, and at that point, he's like, oh, maybe you could do some stuff in the down. And, um, and so then there was like an opportunity that presented itself before the draft that then fell through. And I think Christian felt bad that he had offered me this thing, but then it wasn't going to work. And I never felt bad about it. I sort of felt like, I don't know what I'm, I don't have, like, this is a really cool show. I like, I like what you do. I like that. I'm a like, I know these people from this, this is cool. Like it's very interesting, but like, it's okay. Like you offered me a spot. I don't know if there's not a spot anymore. That's no problem. And then around Christmas of 2018. So right I was about to fly back to LA at the beginning of 2019. So, the 2019 draft's three weeks away. And he was like, There is a spot. There's a couple permutations of this spot. It can look like this, it can look like this, or it could look like this. And it ended up looking like me and Grace. Um, me is like the manager, and Grace is sort of like the advisor. And that's, that's sort of how it came about. And, uh, you know, I me- immediately said yes, of course. But then he was like, I'm really sorry. The other thing didn't work out. But I was like, you don't owe me any, you don't owe me this spot. Like, it would be cool to learn how to do this. And like, to his credit too, like, he's really stood by me. I've made ai made a lot of mistakes. I will continue to make a lot of mistakes. Um, if I continue to live, I will continue to make a lot of sma- mistakes and slow down. But he, um, he really like, you know that festival darlings thing happened like first day that we ever taped and he like walked over to me he's like you know you just gave them their absolute strength right and i was like okay and he was like you know didn't like and and then knew that i was going to get backlash from the community and i feel like he has stood by me so much all these like you know, it's hard to stand by me sometimes. And I feel like he's been such a champion of me. But, yeah, it's that's how it sort of started. And then, obviously, I let great I let Grace go. Mm-hmm. And you have tw- you have twenty twenty one. Kate, now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, or was what? it
1: twenty? I'm sorry. Was it the twenty twenty draft? Now I'm getting my ears confused. Whatever it would have been. would have. I'm sorry. It would have been the twenty twenty draft. Yes, I'm sorry. I apologize. It was Christmas twenty nineteen ignore all of those dates it was Christmas 2019 that he we talked on the phone while I was in New Jersey still and then it was the 2020 draft that I jumped in on
0: and you've managed you well you're in the middle of your second season managing yes, yes. Um, what what's the toughest loss that you've had so far and what have you taken away from that
1: toughest loss I've had so far is what uh, toughest lot there's two there's two answers to this. Toughest loss I've had this year was Jader versus Janine, um, and I will talk about that in a second. Toughest loss I had last year was Tom and Paul's first match. I really feel like Tom and Paul could have been such a special team, and between COVID and then like the Pride becoming such a special team, I feel like I really did it a service to to Paul and Tom it was that festival. It was the very first day of matches for me, Uh, which again, is me just defending myself. It was just that, you know, I did not, I did not prep myself. I did not say like, who are we playing against? What are their professions? Would their profession make them good at a slice like festival darlings? Oh yes. Their profession is festival darlings. Fantastic. We should not give them that wheel slice. And I honestly feel like that decided the game. They had a perfect second round and, uh, decided the match I should say. And I, I feel like then t- Tom later made a mistake after the Festival Darlings thing, but, like, probably made that mistake because we were in a bad mind space, a head space from, like, the Festival Darlings gaff. So I just – I I really take responsibility for that because I think it changed the shape of their entire season. Um, and, you know, we lost Tom. We didn't lose Tom. <laughs> Tom's still alive. Tom's doing great. But, like, we, the Schmodown lost Tom because, I you know, I think – not because of that. I just think that like, you know, people's lives go in different directions and this just wasn't a year that was going to work for him. And I just sort of feel like, oh, like I, I wish that I'd been able to give him a better season by managing better. And um, but my, the worst loss this year for me was Jader versus Janine, because I felt like, I feel like it's happening a lot. I actually, I think has always happened where somebody can outplay somebody the entire match. And I mean, outplay meaning get steals in the second round, be up the entire match. And what it comes down to is one person is the other person hitting the five pointer and you not hitting yours. Cause in order for that to not make a difference, you would have to be up by six points going into round three. It's hard to pick off six points of somebody in two rounds. So in order for that to, and by the way, if you're up by six points, you're not even getting to the third round anyway. <laughs> so it doesn't like, so I feel like that's, that was that Jader loss. I felt like he was in tip top shape. I felt like, and he's somebody I had my eye on since he played Tom last year. He had me shaking in my boots playing Tom last year. I was like, Oh shit, this gets good. And he was so easy going and he remains so easy going. And I feel like, I it just didn't feel like uh, if if I was if Jader had been in Janine's position and he won on his five and Janine had lost on her five after she had been leading the whole time, I would not feel great about that win. And I did not feel great about it's not the way I want to lose and it's not the way I want to win. I don't want one question to determine it, especially when somebody's shown themselves to be the stronger player the entire match. Um, And there was just yeah, I just felt like that. I. There was some distractions during that match, too, for me. And, and I, I won't go into details about it because I'm not supposed to. It's just not, it's not worth it. It doesn't matter. But I can only imagine that what was distracting me was on some level distracting Jader, too. Um, but I just feel for him because I feel like he's such a special player. And I don't think his season's over, but I, I think it's, it's going to be harder to get him another match now that the first thing he did out of the gate was have a loss.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll, we will definitely see what happens, uh, with the remainder of this season eight of the Schmodown. Um, again, you are manager of the den.
1: I love yeah. that shirt.
0: Oh yeah. Yep.
1: Yo, yo, yo. Uh,
0: and, uh, to close out this, uh, this, this one-on-one here with you, Kate yes. in honor of the great John Lipton, um, host of inside the actor studio. I am going to ask you the 10 questions that he would ask each of his guests closing out that show. So Kate Mulligan, what is your favorite word?
1: Like, like it's like, you know, like you could, you could like use it whenever you want to like it. (laughs) Like
0: (laughs) what is your least favorite word?
1: Hmm. Uh I just thought of this one the other day. Giardia. Ugh. Fair,
0: fair. <laughs> um, what turns you on?
1: Sense of humor.
0: And what turns you off?
1: Uh, overconfidence.
0: Um, what sound or noise do you love?
1: it's so funny because like i want to get these right it's such a weird like no one's gonna be able to check my brain to see if i answered exactly but i'm like i'm sure i'm gonna come back and be like oh i forgot i like this sound i love it's a very basic sound i love the sound of rain in a car Mm. on the on the uh, roof on the windows i love the sound of rain in a car
0: what is your least favorite sound or uh or noise (sighs)
1: uh <sighs> my kids crying. Yeah. Why do they cry? Why do they get hurt? It's a specific cry. I, sometimes I just hate their cry. I'm like, shut up. Stop whining about having to clean up your room. But the other sometimes when they get hurt, then I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't. I do not like that. It's like a hysterical pain cry. I don't like that. That's that one I can live without.
0: What is your favorite curse word? Cunt. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
1: Hmm. I think talk show host. Yeah, talk show host.
0: Morning, afternoon, or or night.
1: I'll take a little of each. I feel. I. I've, yeah. Uh, honestly, I would do not afternoon who's no, I don't know morning or night I, I, I uh, I'd love to either do it with coffee or do it with a, with a, a backup of a city behind me.
0: What profession would you not like to do?
1: Uh, I have a friend who's a nurse at children's hospital. I don't have I don't have the constitution for that it's such an important job. I, I don't think I could survive a day seeing that kind of misery in the world.
0: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: We've, there's some people waiting to see you. That's great. Kate
0: Mulligan, Thank you so very much for being here. Really appreciate oh your talk. Gosh,
1: thank you for having me. I'm sorry that I over talked every question you asked.
0: No, you did not at all. It was absolutely great. Thank you very much. Good luck this season. And thank I you. will talk to you later on.
1: Thanks, Jay. Good night.
0: You want to hear something funny? The mic wasn't on that whole time. No way. Yeah, for real. <laughs> oh, wow. So smooth.